Tom, question. So do you listen to uh, your music on Apple Music or Spotify? Spotify primarily, although I have both. Um, I just mentioned that because I listen to Spotify pretty much exclusively, and they do a cool feature where they do your year in review at the end of the year with your top five most played artists. So I kind of wanted to see what yours were. Mm -hmm. I wanted to confirm that, you know, Kid Rock wasn't two on your list. I just got to make sure. So here's the thing. Before it became a thing on social media, when people were sharing them, I saw it pop up and I immediately swiped it away. I'm like, get this ad out of here. Then I saw people sharing it. I'm like, oh, that was that thing that popped up. So I don't know. So if you can tell me how to get it up again, uh, that, that didn't come out right. But if you can tell me how to find that particular feature, I can read it off live on air and I guarantee it'll be embarrassing because for, <laughs> I, I mean, number one playlist for sure is our Camp Biscuit new metal playlist. I can guarantee that. I also, uh, as Pete Townsend would say for research, I listened to a lot of early 2000s pop punk earlier in the year. <laughs> And, and I have, um, all I know is I'm going to find a way to, to reaccess this list. So we need to evaluate this on take the All right. So I want you to screenshot when it goes to top five artists. I need, I I need to review this first to make sure it's appropriate. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Well, (laughs) it, it, it is funny, but it's, uh, the opposite of where I was going. I thought it would be new metal, but you can, you know, you can look if you want. That is, oh, no. you may not recognize that, but that is both the Moana and the frozen soundtrack. So that oh, is, it's, it's all for the kids, but okay. It gets good though. We got a lot of strokes. We got a lot of, is this it? Which I was on a kick earlier this year. There we go. Now we're getting, we're getting down about 20 songs, but there's your disturbed stricken. <laughs> there's your breaking Benjamin. There's your newfound glory. My friends over you. Yeah, I would say so there, there's a lot of the new metal soundtrack. I'll still which take we my about. friends over you. That song. Yep. <laughs> that was, I was listening to a pop punk mix and that was the first song. So that would always be the first one that played. Okay. Yeah. It, I mean, it, it's, it's mostly kids songs. There's a fair amount of our new metal songs. And then there's just like strokes and Pearl jam and stuff that I like powder finger. So I've, it's been mostly nostalgia for me this year. Not a lot of new music. Oh, <laughs> this is funnier. These are the songs they think I'll like. Yep. These are new, new metal, N E W new metal songs. <laughs> N-E-W-N-U. But we got some new Corey Taylor, Dan. Oh, We got solo. a Jeff Ament solo track. Jeff Ament solo track. We got, oh, we got the new one from Hailstorm featuring Amy Lee of Evanescence. Look at your outfit. Of course they want the Jeff Ament solo. I do. I am looking very much like a Jeff Ament character right now. <laughs> Backwards hat. The flannel. I, I've got a Montana vibe feeling very much looking Montana and feeling Connecticut, Minnesota. Yeah. Um, Connecticut. I'm looking Montana, feeling Connecticut. That should be your new Twitter <laughs> bio, a race, whatever job you have or whatever the other podcast is just write 
looking Montana, feeling Connecticut or whatever. This is another thing we got to talk about before we start officially. I read a story about someone who put in their Twitter bio, I forget what it was, but they just wrote that they were an expert on some like historical thing. They just completely made it up and they would get calls for interviews about it. So I have, you know, I still promote my other podcast and my real job, but I've added one new thing to my Twitter bio, which is new metal historian. I'm going to make this into a legitimate career. You watch. That's my goal. I want someone to read that, to see it and just be like, oh, whatever. And then at some point in the future, someone's going to be like, oh, we're doing this like VH1, um, you know, remember the 2000s and we need a new metal person. What about that guy? And one day I will get an interview call as a new metal historian. And then I'm just going to retire from all jobs and legitimately move to Montana because I've peaked in life. Looking forward to it. I'll join you up there. Yeah. If that doesn't work, I'll change it later to like, um, Danny Werfel biographer, you know, we'll figure it out. All right. Let's start the show officially. I'm going to use my new music drop. You ready? Do it. Here we go. Do it live. Like Bill (laughs) O'Reilly. All right, welcome folks to Week 15 Take the Points College Football Podcast. I'm Tom. I'm here with Dan and Ryan over Zoom, and we have a very good short show. It's not the greatest week of all time. Uh, A lot of games have already been canceled, but um, there's enough to talk about for a little bit. And so I'm going to kick it directly over to my co-host, Dan Partridge, Vegas Outsider. Dan, what are you looking forward to this week and you know, how should we approach this week's games with already so many cancellations, including Ohio state and Michigan. Looking forward to uh, Ohio state um, maneuvering their way into the big 10 title game, despite the game being Michigan first Michigan being canceled today. No, you know um, I'm looking forward to Arizona, Arizona state to see that nonsense on Friday night. Um, there's a couple of weird games on Saturday, which we'll talk to, you know, this is kind of the last real regular season week. Allegedly um, there still might be 15 to 20 more weeks scheduled in the spring. Uh, we're not sure, but um, you know, it's college football looking forward to taking some, some more shots. I mean, the reason, the reason I asked this question to start is because I've had frustrations, not the right word, but I found it comical that every week we probably predict four or five games that end up not happening and get canceled. Oftentimes they get canceled before I can even post the episode. You know, we record usually on Monday tonight, it's Tuesday, and then I'll post it sometime on Tuesday evening. A lot of the times, and usually one or two of the games we've talked about is already off the board. Uh, in this case, you know, if we did it yesterday on our normal night, we would have really spent some time and broken down Ohio state, Michigan, and then it got canceled. And then by tomorrow, who knows, Ohio state could be playing, Cincinnati or Texas A&M allegedly, or we'll see what happens. Um, anything you guys wanted to discuss from last week, we had the Epic BYU coastal Carolina game and that's about all I can remember. Alabama could have scored a hundred on LSU. Um, as expected, that was pretty ridiculous. It was like watching a, I don't know. I, I, 
it was just the it was so much the opposite of that um, epic game about ten years ago where only, there was only field goals nine three or nine six whatever it was smash mouth defense even though there was a ton of NFL offensive talent on the field it just showed you how much uh, each program's changed over time and LSU was looking really horrible but you said an interesting thing that I'd I'd like to have you reiterate now about the wide receiver core? Yeah, the Alabama wide receiver core last year, I mean, might go down as the best ever. I mean, you already got Henry Ruggs making game-winning touchdown catches the NFL and Judy's out there. And this year you saw the speed of Jalen Waddell is just unmatched. And now maybe of all four of them, Devontae Smith might be the – most elite. I mean, every week he has 150 yards and at least one touchdown. It's unbelievable. And our boy Mac Jones, by the way, he puts the ball exactly where it has to be every time. Like, people are in stride running with it. He's so good. You know, it's Alabama. I'm sure he was good in high school. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's not like he walked on like, oh, Paul, I'm going to Alabama for history. I hope I can maybe play some football. Like, no, this kid was really good for a long time, and they're fun to watch, man. They're going to be hard hard to beat. I just uh, they're good, very good. Yeah, Ryan, uh, I'm I'm on board the Mac Jones for Heisman train, as you mentioned last week. Like, I think it. I mean, I still think Trev should get it, but after last week, I think Mac Jones is going to get it. Oh yeah, Mac's going to get the trifecta this year. He's going to get the Heisman, the national title, and the title game MVP. It's coming. So, uh, yeah, he's he's definitely not Stetson Bennett, uh, which is a, people kind of thought there was a potential he could be that. He's not that. Not even close. He's a first round pick in the draft this year, and he's going to win. You know, probably the Heisman, probably the national title. They're they just look ridiculous. First off, you know, uh, you're talking about Stetson Bennett, the fourth Stetson Bennett was a pretty good quarterback in 1917 for army. So do not be smirch his good name. Uh, anything else you watched or, um, took away from last week, Ryan? Um, watched a lot of games, nothing really. I mean, the BYU game was, was a, you know, really good game. Um, that was really it. Everyone else kind of took care of business. Clemson, Ohio State, you know, kind of took care of business. There was some decent uh, late-night action. I, I remember Oregon getting beat was pretty uh, pretty gross. They're Texas dropping 70 was pretty crazy. Um, actually, the best game, I'll least say this, I do want to talk about one game. Uh, the best game of the whole weekend was the Arkansas-Missouri game. Oh yeah, yes. That game was so good. Uh, I was trying to watch the A and M game, and that game was terrible against Auburn. And I kept flipping back over and watching mostly that that Arkansas Missouri game. Like super fun game, uh, really really good. Like despite the fifty forty eight, like it was actually really well played. It wasn't sloppy or anything. It was good. It was that was the best game I watched last weekend. Yeah, two um, maybe best young coaches in the SEC. Both have really, um, from where we thought they would be at the beginning of the season, both teams have overachieved for sure. And that game came down to an incredible finish. It wasn't just high scoring. Like the, yeah, it was, it was an awesome. Im- improbable win. Yeah, definitely. 
Yeah. I mean, I have nothing else. You know, I thought the, the best teams dominated as usual and coastal Carolina BYU produced one of the best games of the season. It doesn't seem like it'll matter since coastal still ranked 13th since he now has dropped to eighth behind two loss Iowa state in the latest rankings tonight. So seems to me, they just do not want a non-power five team in the playoff and they're just going to, um, take some advanced measures to ensure that it doesn't happen even by accident. So, Oh yeah. Speaking of Iowa state, I mean, that was just Tim Dan earlier, Louisiana beat them by 17 points this year. They have the exact same record in Ames and they're 12 point spots behind them in the poll. Same record beat them by 17 head to head on the road and is 12 spots behind them. I mean, I think they're just setting it up for so that whoever wins the big 12 ends up around that seven or eight spot. Otherwise it would make the big 12 look pretty bad. You know, I mean, we know there's uh, politics involved in a lot of these rankings and like if the big 12 champion ended up ranked 13th at the end of the season, which is probably where they belong and coastal Carolina and Louisiana were ahead of them and BYU and Cincy, it just, it wouldn't look good for that conference. So I understand why it happened, but I don't agree with it. I think since he should now play coastal and whoever wins that should get the four spot. That's my feeling. All right, Danny, let's do some lines. Let's go Friday night, pack 12 double header, Arizona at Arizona state, ASU lane 11 total of 55. Also, Utah at Colorado. Colorado minus two. Undefeated Colorado. Total of 49 and a half. I'll give you a little insight here, Tom. Arizona State's not that good. Their offense is not that great. UCLA's defense, as we know, is not elite. Um, And Arizona State had issues moving the ball last week at home. Perfect weather, home game. Now they play Arizona, who's terrible. They switch quarterbacks. They are playing... Will Plummer, that would be the MILF's other son from the grocery store. So, congrats. He's starting. He's not good. He only threw 120 yards last week. I like the under, actually. It's under 55. I don't think Arizona scores more than 17 points. I don't think ASU gets more than, oh, 28 to 34, somewhere in there. So, uh, under 55 is the play there for me, and I'll let Ryan pick Utah, Colorado. All right. Um, I like Colorado a lot in this spot, actually. It's only two points. Um, I think that they're at least a touchdown better than Utah right now. Uh, Utah just can't score. Like, they, just, they don't move the ball consistently. They don't have, you know, the pass rush that they've had in past years. Colorado can score. They sling it all over the place. So, I like Colorado in this spot. Can you guys give me a quick one-minute Pac-12 breakdown. I think that conference has been kind of lost among the shuffle. So you guys live out there. What do you anticipate happening the rest of the year? It's a total mess as usual. USC is undefeated as is Colorado, but each of them have, I mean, Colorado uh, is kind of untested. USC just hammered Washington state, but they've only played one other game. It's, It's a really short year. Weird stuff with all the California teams and the regulations, a lot of cancellations. Teams hardly practice at all. It's it's 
it's not even like a real season, to be honest with you. The Pac-12 is already over this week. This is the last week. That under one Arizona win bet at worst would have pushed, by the way. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's just it, – it's like there are no super elite teams, but USC is going to find a way to go undefeated, and Clay is going to be having the best offseason somehow. It's, it's totally ridiculous. I mean, you might as well put a, one of them in the New Year's Six. They're not going to make the playoff, but I was yeah, impressed by Stanford practicing in a park on Friday and then winning on Saturday. Apparently, all they were doing is focusing on football. I was wrong. I thought that would go against them. No, they're just all football all the time, them against the world. Great performance. Washington uh, is a pretty good team. Like, they, they are. And, uh, no, hats off to them. All right, what do you got next? Going to Saturday, Tom. SEC, Alabama at Arkansas. Alabama minus 32, total 68 and a half. Yeah, just bet the over. Um, Arkansas just scored 48. Alabama might, you know, obviously have some backups in the second half. Alabama's dropping at least 50. They could drop 60. Um, You know, Arkansas is much improved. Uh, but this Alabama offense is just a total, total machine. And the old school rule, once again, has come back around full circle. In an Alabama game, either bet Alabama or you don't bet the game at all. Going back to that rule, not moving off of it. Tom? No, just, uh, you know, congrats to Nick Saban for another miraculous COVID turnaround. These college football coaches seem to have some sort of antidote because, uh, Ryan Day missed like eight days. You know, you're supposed to quarantine for like 14 days. Ryan Day missed like six days. Nick Saban missed like one day the first time and like seven days the next time. So they got some kind of, they got the secret vaccine, I think. They are essential employees, Tom. That must Uh, be it. Next one. This is a good game. Georgia at Missouri. Uh, Georgia Land 13, total 52 and a half. Missouri isn't as annoying as usual. Uh, maybe their new coaching staff was it Eli Drinkwitz? And Drinkwitz, yeah, company? yeah. Uh, they seem to be a little bit more exciting than their normal terrible production over the last ten years of being a fake good team. I actually like them at home plus the thirteen. Um, they scored enough points last week to know that they can score. Georgia always has issues scoring points. Georgia's been known to lay an egg on the road. Um, Georgia's already lost two games. They're not going anywhere. They're not playing for the SEC title. It's an off year for them. They say they switched quarterbacks. This would be a huge win for Missouri to kind of uh, stake their claim to maybe being a, you know, a changing moment for the program type thing. So I'm going to take the 13 and uh, hold my breath a little bit. Don't worry about it. Don't hold your breath. Do it confidently, Dan. Plus 13 with, with, a lot of confidence. That's okay. that's what you should be doing. I like it. I would also point out that Georgia is three and five against the spread this year. So not great against uh-huh. the spread. Whereas Missouri is five and three. So they're the, the safer bet against the spread. Excellent. All right, Tom, real quick. I'm going to hit the Mac real quick. Miami of Ohio at Bowling Green. Congratulations, Akron. For getting your win last week, as expected, called here on Take the Points with an easy 31-3 to win over Bowling Green. 
We've said it before. We're going to say it again. Bowling Green is the worst team in college football. They have no defense. They have no offense. They are the worst team. They're playing Miami of Ohio. Miami of Ohio is laying just 24 and a half on the road, total of 50. This is an easy Santa Claus gift, boys and girls. Hook it. Miami and the over. Miami scoring in the 40s, if not the 50s themselves. Bowling Green doesn't score at all or scores under 14 points. I'm calling Miami of Ohio to win 52 to 10. That's my prediction in this game. Uh, we don't need to go over that. I, I agree, but I just want I just want to point out that this is some UMass erasure when you're saying that Bowling Green's the worst team in all college football. I would consider UMass a real team because they only played a, a partial schedule. Bowling Green played the full max schedule, therefore they they are eligible for this. All right, Tom, moving on. Coastal Carolina, ranked 13 on the road at Troy. Was Troy the team that just beat Marshall 20 to nothing last week? No, that yeah, was, that was rice. That was rice. Correction. I knew In it was the, yeah. We forgot to mention that, but that's the weirdest score of the week. Maybe the weirdest of the college football season. Rice, who's not ranked yeah, not you know, two and two, I think. They just I'm pretty go sure out and destroy Marshall. The game. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm convinced he threw the game. Five interceptions, no points for Marshall. Rice plus 1,500 on the money line. You think it was a, 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 a blue chips scenario? 10,000 <laughs> returns 150,000, Tom. You can bet a lot of offshore books, 5, 10, 20, 50K real fast and make a million bucks. Somebody check the Rice campus for um, a Maybach cruising around or Maybach. That's the only thing I can think of. That's right. I'm going to cue some live on air. Anyway, Coastal Carolina land 13 and a half, total 51 and a half. I can't pick this game. Ryan, go ahead. Uh, It's a lot of points after a big, this is such a letdown spot, like a huge letdown spot. Home win against BYU. Now you got to go on the road to Alabama, which is basically like you need a passport, like you're going into a different country. So that's a tough spot, man. Like I know Troy's having a very mediocre year, but we've seen teams like Alabama and LSU and Mississippi State in the past have struggled against Troy. It's a tough team to play. It's a tough place to play. It's a lot of points. Uh, I don't feel confident laying those points. I would probably take the points. I'm with you, not knowing a ton about Troy, but this is just the ultimate letdown spot. I mean, we've watched enough college football in our life. Yep. I also see that you know 72% of the public is betting coastal, so that's always a bad sign when the sort of like the the flashy Cinderella team has now got everybody on their bandwagon. So that's going to inflate the line. If you wait till game time, you might even get it, you know, up above 14. So I would wait and I would consider taking the points with Troy for sure. All right. I agree. Next game, ACC special. This is kind of fun one. North Carolina at Miami, Miami minus three and a half total 67 and a half Z take it away. Sure. Uh, I loved Miami. That was my favorite bet last week. And of course they came out and, uh, you know, beat Duke. Duke is not very good this year. North Carolina is a lot better. And Miami is uh, in another sort of tricky spot where they've had a really good season, but they're not going to make the playoff. They're not going to win the ACC, 
potentially they could get into a New Year's Six Bowl, um, but they are primed for a letdown, I do believe. And North Carolina has all of the tools to uh, win a game like this. Um, Miami is a little more one-dimensional. You know, of course, the one dimension is Derek King, which is about the best dimension you could have. But I actually feel like UNC is a better team this year. And uh, Mac Brown, you know, Dan, I'll leave that to you. But Mac Brown's a great coach. We've seen what happened to Texas in his absence. And um, I think UNC is going to go into Miami and win this one outright. I don't even want the points. Give me the money line. Howell, huge day for Sam Howell. I like it, Tom. Uh, I don't have a a feel for the line. All I know is that both teams are most likely going to get to the 30s, if not 40s, or 40s for sure. So 67 and a half over under. I like the over in that a lot. If you're going to do like Sam Howell, then you got to score at least 45 to beat him if he's on. So I like the over a lot. Okay. I agree with you guys. Uh, Tom, we got two big 10 games. I'm going to let you pick back to back Purdue at Indiana. Indiana minus 10 and a half, total 52 and a half uh, in Wisconsin. Well, let me cut you off because I am I am pretty sure that one just got called. So I'm pretty sure that okay. one's not happening. But I, good. I could Move look that up one and game. confirm. Okay, fine. Wisconsin at Iowa. Okay. Pick them. Yes, uh, I like Iowa. Iowa's been um, playing great the last, I would say, aside from the first two or three weeks, um, when we thought they were pretty bad and this, you know, the program was in disarray, it turns out we were wrong because they got it together. I think they're on maybe a four game winning streak or something like that. And they've been looking really good. And meanwhile, Wisconsin, they lost to Indiana with a backup quarterback, which is fine because the backup played well, but it was, um, the score of that, you know, the score of that Northwestern game scoring, you know, less than, you know, single digit points and then losing to Indiana, Wisconsin just hasn't been impressive. And I, I definitely would credit that or, you know, whatever the opposite of credit is. I would blame that on their just lack of play and inconsistent schedule and lack of practice time. It's been no team has had a rougher road than Wisconsin this year in the big 10. They didn't play for almost a month and I just feel like it's a lost season for them. So I like Iowa at home. You can take the one point, but you might as well just do a money line. Sounds good, Tom. I'll take your word for it. They're a very, uh, very balanced team. Their quarterback, if they had a better quarterback, they'd win the Big Ten probably. Or, you know, I mean, go at least go play against Ohio State. All right. Next game, going to the Big 12, Texas Longhorns at Kansas. I only mention this because it's Texas minus 30. Uh, Tom Herman's on the hot seat. This Kansas team's historically bad. Lay the 30 with Texas. Texas is going to win 60, 66 to 13. That's my prediction. 66, 13. All right, Tom, Michigan state at Penn state, Penn state minus 15 and a half at home against that much improved Michigan state squad total of 46 and a half. Please fill me in. Okay. Uh, just a, a quick update. Indiana paused football activities, but have not officially made a call on the Purdue game. So officially it's still on, but Indiana has paused activities. So I think we can um, predict the future pretty clearly on that one. Michigan state goes to happy Valley last game of the season 
for these teams. Actually, that's not true because the Big Ten is doing that um, cross rivals, whatever they're doing. So every team plays during championship week against one of the um, cross division teams of the same stature. So Penn State is the shittiest team in the East. We'll play Illinois, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I guess, yeah. So this is the game. Whoever loses this gets to play Illinois. And whoever wins it gets to play, I guess, like Nebraska or Minnesota, oh, maybe. So God. there's a lot of incentive to lose, I think. Um, <laughs> this is also the, you know, I would be remiss if I didn't give a shout out to the Land Grant Trophy, which, as we've mm-hmm. discussed, one of the worst trophies of all time. Now, in recent years, there have been many new trophies invented for fake rivalries, the Civil Conflict is only one of them, but there've been others that are far lamer than the land grant trophy. But in terms of like real historic trophies that have been going on for 15, 20 years, this is the worst one. It looks like if you took a bunch of your childhood trophies and unscrewed the pieces and kind of like built them all into one giant transformer trophy, that's the land grant. So not a lot to play for here. Penn state is missing a bunch of guys half their team is basically out from who was predicted in August Clifford and um, Levis have been splitting reps. So it's hard to see them beating Michigan state, even a hapless Michigan state team by 15, but Michigan state, God, they looked bad last week. Um, But then they won the week before. So if they're on the, every other schedule, I guess they'll keep it close. Um, I guess that's a long winded way of saying like, you just can't bet this. These teams are just totally unpredictable and have um, potentially given up, although they've each had a couple of good games this year. So who knows? Under. Bet the under. All right. um, Here's a game where I also like an under, which is normally an over Washington and Oregon real quick. Oregon minus six at home, total 55. Washington didn't look good last week against uh, Stanford. Maybe they've been figuring out a little bit on offense. They haven't looked good the last week and a half. Oregon for sure doesn't look that good. 55 is a lot. It's going to be, you know, late season. Oregon, I'll take under 55. Um, Okay, next game. LSU travels to Florida. Florida laying 23 and a half, total 68. That's a lot of points. Ryan, go right ahead. That's not nearly enough points. I thought that said 88, and I thought that's a good line. 88's a really good line there. So, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and take the over. This is another spot we talk about it uh, quite a bit on this show, this season at least. When you get a chance to wax your rival – you put the hammer down. And as we just saw with Alabama last week against LSU, everyone's taking their turn. Everyone but Jimbo, but that's because he's a jackal. But Florida and Trask will absolutely look at what Mac Jones did, and he will try to beat whatever stats he had. So Bet all the overprops on Trask this week. All Six the- touchdowns. All the Trask over props, he's trying to beat Mac for the Heisman. Yes. They're setting up the showdown of whoever wins the SEC title game wins the Heisman. So I'm going to just load up on Florida over and Trask props. I'm not going to make a pick here because I agree with everything you guys said. However, 
I do want to talk about our friend, Mr. Bo Pelini. I need, I told you guys this via text message, but I need to reiterate it here. I need some kind of Santa tracker esque device that follows Bo Pelini and Greg with two G's Williams for the rest of their life and tells me what team they're on because we didn't bet enough in the first couple of weeks until we realized, Oh, right. Bo Pelini, he's horrible. And then yeah. I didn't even know Greg Williams had a job with the jets until that Henry Ruggs wide open touchdown slash tank event last week. And then Greg Williams just lost his job, but he'll be back Dan. Cause as we know, these guys never, ever, ever go away. Um, but that guy was coaching San Jose state like three years ago. And even there we were making money off him and somehow he got a job on the jets, which is just amazing. But, uh, LSU take a cue from the jets and fire Bo Pelini, not at the end of the season, but right now, just fire him right now and just let him go. Because much like Henry Ruggs against the jets secondary, which was definitely tanking, Bo Pelini was not purposely trying to tank the game. He was trying to win. And yet Devonte Smith was that wide open on about three different plays. So swipe left on Bo. So his, uh, so I heard someone call it the cover zero defense, which was good. I also heard a LSU fan say that it was funny that they had the best LSU team of all time and the worst LSU team of all time, like nine months apart. Yeah. So just, just, yeah. just get him out of there. And until he's out of there, let's just make some money folks. But let me know where he goes next because I'll bet against them also immediately starting week one. He's going to the Mac. You know it. You think, I don't think he can get a head coaching job in the Mac. No, I think isn't his brother coaching the Mac. Isn't Carl. Oh yeah. Carl Polini coaches where Ohio or someplace. Youngtown state. Maybe the fake Mac. He'll be a D coordinator for him. And we'll find some lines. Isn't Youngstown. Is that where Jim Tressel is? I think so. So a Polini, I have to look this up and verify, but if a Polini is coaching where Jim Tressel is on campus, that seems like a giant oversight to me. Should Dan, I'm going to name some teams and you tell me if Bo Pelini would be an upgrade or neutral or a downgrade. Okay. The aforementioned Bowling Green. Neutral. UMass. Neutral. UConn. Downgrade. We send people to the NFL. West Genesee High School. Upgrade. I never saw a home win in four years. Yeah, but they won a state championship after we left. It doesn't count. <laughs> um, okay, that's it. The New York Jets. Here we go. Carl. Carl, head coach. Cardinal Mooney High School. Oh, never mind. We were wrong. We got to find some extreme offshore books to get some action or some onshore books like on the high school campus. That's the only way to get those lines. It's his alma mater where he played high school football in Ohio. Carl. Um, Carl Polini sounds like a made up character. It's like, like if you were making a joke, you're like, oh, we couldn't, we couldn't, 
We couldn't get Bo Pelini, but uh, we got his brother, Carl. He was an assistant coach at Cardinal Mooney in the 87-88 season. He is now the head coach in the 2020 season. So it only took him uh, 33 years to elevate from assistant coach to head coach at the high school program. Even, uh, <laughs> even A.D. Skinner got a promotion quicker. Some people are just the number two, okay? <laughs> oh, oh, hang on. I want to play my drop that I recorded as I was listening to some pop punk music. This is a one second drop and it is uh, what I wanted to, um, what I wanted to play to just verify how I feel after saying for all these years that Greg Williams is the worst defensive coach ever. And all this time that Bo Pelini was the worst and having it all converge on one awful weekend. I feel that's it. It's pretty good. Not bad, Tom. All right. Okay, moving on. West Coast, Saturday night. USC at UCLA. Nice game here. USC minus three. UCLA playing some good football. Give me the over 62. Nice weather. UCLA can score some points. USC can definitely score. This seems like a highly weird, suspicious game with some fumbles uh, and interceptions and special teams nonsense. Um, I think at least one team is going to get in the thirties or forties. Both teams could easily get in the thirties or forties over 62. Right. Uh, I think the line is pretty much right on, even though you would think it should be USC minus like at least a touchdown. Uh, it's, it's really close for a reason because Vegas knows something shady's here. So this is going to be close, but here's what I'm going to tell you. At one point during this game, someone's going to be up three scores, like 20-plus points, not three scores, like 17 points the cheap way. Like someone will be up 20-plus points, and there will be a crazy awesome comeback. Like Sounds pretty accurate. I, I think just for some reason, like don't turn this game off or at least make sure you check back in if you ditch it. It's just a weird prediction. Keep it on the, keep it on the laptop screen next to the TV. Yeah. All right. I'm going to quickly mention this one. Utah State at Colorado State. Colorado State minus 13 and a half. Go ahead and take Utah State. All right. Moving on to the next game. Wait, 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 wait. Utah State, 13 and a half point underdog and 28% favorability on covers.com. People like the dudes in Adazio. They're wrong. Uh, Utah State started 0-4, fired their coach, 1-1 since then. 1-1's better than Steve Adazio. Give me the two touchdowns. Colorado State sucks. Okay, last game. Very simple. UNLV at Hawaii. 9 o'clock mountain time for us. UNLV is terrible. Hawaii is no good. Todd Graham has ruined this team. They don't throw the ball anymore. They just run. That being said, I'm laying the 20 and passing out on Saturday night. Does anyone have anything to add to that? Any of the, any games, I anything do. else you want to talk about? Yeah, I got something to say. Take a nap midday when that Pac-10, Big Ten shit's going on. Make sure you're rested up. Order yourself some sushi and watch this game. <laughs> That's where it's I was going to. Thank one. you. 
Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. How dare you go against UNLV and first ballot, take the points, Hall of Famer, whatever his name is. I don't know it, but I will learn it before the the Hall of Fame induction in January. Classic UNLV. We always joke that it's the best place to go to college. Confirmed is again. This is this is like the best matchup of like here are the two colleges you should look at if you're a kid and go looking to go to college nowadays. These are the only two colleges you should be looking at. Watch this football game and be like, okay, whoever wins this game, they're the favorite for me to go to college. That's the only two schools you should consider. I'm on board with that. Tom can't disagree. It's really that simple. Also, you look at the COVID map and the entire United States is red, except for Hawaii is green as if they needed like more reasons to go to Hawaii right now. Just enroll everybody. Only like 1.5% of all our coronavirus tests come back positive. Unbelievable. Some grad transfer should just go to Hawaii. Anything else you guys want to add? No, I think that's it. Short week. Next week, we got some conference championship games and cancellations to look forward to. Uh, What's your over-under on how many postseason games actually get played? How many bowl games actually are played this year? Well, we have – what's the normal number? It's around 40, right? Yeah. It's like 36, 38, something like that. Yeah. Uh, Let's just say it's like 38. I believe seven or eight have already been canceled. So you're down around 30. I think we're going to lose another – Eight. I think we're going to be over 20, but we're going to lose many more. So I'm I'm going to say there's, I'll I'll say 22. I'll be happy with 20. That, um, that includes playoffs, including the, the playoffs and the championship. Yeah. These bowl games start fast. The first one's a week from Saturday. Yeah. So there's bowl games, I think before the PAC 12 even finishes playing, right? That's how we do it this year. So wild. It would be funny if they put a Pac-12 team in one of those and they actually played the bowl game first and then played their final game against Oregon State. That might happen this year. I wouldn't be shocked at all. Get a get like UCLA in the Las Vegas Bowl against Boise and then uh-huh. they can go play Arizona State the following week. It would be great. There's going to be one that should be canceled, but we'll go ahead. Like, there's no reason to have the, the Detroit Bowl this year, but it's going to oh, happen. Oh, that's the Tucson Bowl. That's the, 100% it's the one in Tucson. That's the worst bowl game ever. It's always, it's so bad. Like, the Arizona Bowl in Tucson is horrible. They have it at the U of A stadium, and, like, 3,000 people show up. It's like... 300. Come on. It's like, yeah, 300. It's <laughs> is like... That the, is that the, like, Hyundai Sunship Arizona yeah. Bowl or whatever it is? It's horrible. It's like... The Sun Bowl. Big 12, number nine. <laughs> First Conference USA, seven. It's so bad. I mean, it's, big. It's really bad. if you get like Pac-12, number eight in one of those bowls, it's going to be like two and two Utah faces off right. against two and six Penn State. Yeah. Tucson Bowl's the worst bowl. Oh, brutal! That bowl—that's it's not even a big. It's not even a Power Five. I don't think there's. I don't think there's either is a Power Five. I think it's like Sun Belt versus Mountain West. 
I'll be very interested because of the, the lax regulations. I'll be interested to see what teams could have an offer, but opt out a team like a Penn state or Michigan that will probably get an offer. At first I was thinking like a normal season. I'm like, well, it makes sense to play in the bowl games because you get an extra four weeks of practice. Then I realized, Oh no, they'll probably get an extra four days of practice out of this. So like if you're a Michigan, do you even accept a bowl game? Harbaugh is about to accept an extension is what I'm hearing. All right. For, for less money. He's taking a pay cut extension. I don't understand. The world has gone crazy. He is. uh, I mean, this is a deep cut, but this reminds me of the uh, entourage where Terrence gave Ari the offer to work at his agency and he handed them the piece of paper that just said nothing with a bunch of explanation points. Very so, good. Good reference. Tom. Harbaugh is going to have his uh, secret meeting at the burger joint to get you know, all his other coaches to the Mac. You should end it on that note. All right, Tom, we'll catch up with you next week. All right. Thanks everyone for listening. And we're going to do a live outro and uh good night. Check oh, this out. Helps if I put the volume up. There we go. Working out the kinks the first week. It's, it's it's going to be two, three seasons before you have this down. Yeah, take the points uh, season 11. Or yeah. this season's not actually going to end for another 30 weeks, so I might figure it out soon. Yeah. All right. All right. Sometime in March. Good night, America. PC. See you later, guys. <laughs>